the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. At 12.06 on this uh, cold Monday, folks, good afternoon. It is the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, this portion of our program is brought to you by Henry Oil. Listen, this week heating season, make Henry Oil your oil provider. Automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil, serving most Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. 401 521 0200. Henry Oil, since 1947, Rhode Island tradition. Listen, it's going to be cold this week. We still have, unfortunately, some cold weather ahead of us. Call Henry Oil today. Have them fill up that tank for you. 401 521 0200. Always online at henryoil.com. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now at 12.07, you are listening to the John DePietro Show. Juan is. Um, I am, I tested negative, but you know what's interesting is, um, so yesterday I had, and and it continues today, little, little bit of a sore throat, a little congested, but you know what's amazing is you suddenly start thinking that you're you're positive with COVID. So we have the home test kits because you can't get an appointment with the state. That's a complete mess and joke. So Jacqueline Clay did the test and and I'm negative. So suddenly you realize like, oh, all right, maybe I just picked up what normally used to be the traditional cold and sore throat. But you'd never know it because every because of the way they just go so over the top <clears throat> sore throat with a little bit of a cold, not a heavy, heavy cold. Um I'm not doing Facebook just because if you don't feel well, I find that you don't want people like looking at you when you don't feel well. So I obviously can do the radio show, but no Facebook Live today. It will return. I mean, hopefully it's the traditional, <clears throat> just a little bit of a, of a scratchy throat, a little bit, a little bit of a cough and a little bit of a cold um, over the next, you know, whatever, 24 to 48 hours. Now, as I said, but what it, what is interesting is just how much then it plays in your mind. I, I mean, I I immediately thought, you know, Omicron COVID, even even though if you didn't have that, you would just think, okay, so I must have somehow come, you know, contracted like a minor cold. Uh, but folks, check out the website, depetro.com, which is brought to you by Pat Elston, uh, Caldwell Bank Realty. Pat is based in Cumberland, over 20 years experience. She's licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know what's amazing about Pat Elston? I hear from so many different people that have dealt with Pat over the years, and they're such a fan. And she either helped them sell their first home or buy their first home. Folks, contact her. There's a link at the website, topetro.com. Services all over Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. You know, as I like to say, the current real estate market, it, it is terrific. As long as you have the right person, right? With Pat Elston, you know, the listings are selling above list price. I've told the story that, let's see, it was um, last summer. I won't say the name, but I had a neighbor. And um, 
they sold their home, they told me, in, it was a brand new realtor they were dealing with. And they sold their home in 27 hours. Now, as much as someone would be like, wow, that's fantastic. Anyone that knows a realtor will tell you, realtor, will tell you that, you know, obviously, whoever set the price, and it was, from my understanding, it was a brand new, inexperienced person. They misjudged the market. They priced the home too low. Um, because easily, easily now, if, you're, if you priced your home for sale and it, it literally sold within 27 hours, um, you know, as I was talking to someone that said, <clears throat> how long were they prepared to have it on? They were prepared to have it on for like, you know, two months, three months. I mean, they wanted to sell, but they had a house they wanted to get into. Um, you sell it in 27 hours. Leads me to believe, and again, I'm basing this on realtors that I have spoken with that feel, by all accounts, it was probably priced too low. So easily could have priced that 50000 higher. And then if it sold within 27 hours, well, then you again, you misjudged the market in some way. Now, if, if you put your price for your home and then, you know, it takes a couple of weeks and maybe you have to come down a little bit. But if you sell in 27 hours, think of that. That's a little more than a day. Um, I think they it went on the market on a Friday at nine o'clock in the morning. And then it was a Dundee sold Saturday at 12 noon. What if you'd gone till Monday? What if you'd gone another week? Um, I think those are fair questions. But anyhow, folks, my point is contact Pat Alston. 401-474-5253. Caldwell Banker Realty. Call and wish her a happy new year. She's just terrific. I get such good feedback from people that like her way, her knowledge. And as I said, yeah, it is a good, it is a good real estate market if you have the right person, right? I mean, you want to get. You don't want to gouge, but you want to get the highest price you can. And, and they called, you know, you want to find out where the ceiling is. You price it at a certain price. And if no one goes for it, all right, maybe it's a little high. So let's bring it down a little bit. Um, then you start to get more activity. And maybe it's going to sell at that or maybe you even need to go a little bit lower. Well, folks, again, uh, check it out at the website, petro.com Now, there's a, a lot of stories that are developing right now. First of all, on the national front, you have a major problem with this, the CDC. Major problem with the CDC and we're exactly, you know, we're, we're learning more and more about the virus. So um, there, there's several different factions to this. In the city of Chicago, it, it is just nothing short of a disgrace that the teachers won't go into school. The teachers will not go into the schools. Now, this foolishness started basically, I mean, this will be the third March that we're dealing with the pandemic. And as many of you may know, they're now starting to refer to this as an endemic, meaning it's not going to end. We just have to learn to live with it. Much like the seasonal flu. It's a little bit of a different strain, but it sure sounds like we're going to have to deal with it. Now, I, I also believe right now it is surging 
and it is going to fade as we get towards the end of the month. Two reasons. People that have had it will then basically be inoculated against it, right? They'll have natural immunity from it, number one. Number two, you have all the people that have been vaccinated, continue to get vaccinated. And so as we get to the end of January, the actual number of people, whether it's Rhode Island or anywhere, but that either have had the virus and or received the vaccination, that that number is, is going to get smaller and smaller. The window is going to close on it. I, I agree. And I'm, I'm not you know breaking news on this. There, there are experts that say they think as we get towards, you know, the end of January, I mean, right now it's it's January 10th. A week from today is, you know, Martin Luther King holiday, that Monday. And a lot of people feel as we start to get into the week of the 24th or then the 31st, which suddenly it's February, that the virus should start to die down a little bit. That is why it is so important to have children in school. And what's playing out in Chicago is just a complete disgrace and seemingly is about to play out here in Rhode Island. Um, I, I like, uh, there's a very knowledgeable individual on, on Twitter that I follow, Corey DeAngelis. Guy's brilliant. I should have him on the program someday. But he basically posted that, that basically this business of distance learning is is basically a school closure. That's what it is. There's really no learning going on. You know, this started in the spring of 2020 when then-Governor Gina Raimondo proclaimed a complete made-up statistic that Rhode Island somehow was number one. Number one in distance learning. I, I still don't know what that means. Uh, it was one of those things. It was just kind of like a fake thing made up. Like, no one could challenge. It was brand new. No one could challenge. And so everyone just started, as you can imagine, local media started repeating that Rhode Island's number one in distance learning. What's also interesting is you're, I, I would start to see members of the media start to repeat that and say, well, you know, as you know, Rhode Island's number one in distance learning. And no one took the time to say, well, what does that mean when number one in distance learning you're you're shutting down the schools is what you're doing that's really what's what's happening so it's it's school closures and now you have it locally where bob walsh teachers union i want to repeat he's not an educator he's a union negotiator he's treated as an educator he intimidates the local media they cave to him Pathetically, he's never held to account. He was predicting massive amounts, huge numbers of students and teachers would die in the fall of 2020. Did that ever? No, that never happened. Does anyone call him on it? Of course not. They're frightened of uh, Walsh. So Walsh wants to go to the entire state, go to distance learning. Makes no sense at all. No. Ridiculous. Why? Why are we doing that? Now, the Biden administration are certainly frightened about this because what's happening in Chicago 
is is a major problem. And people are, you know, look at the Chicago Public Schools canceled classes today. Totally wrong. And the, the mayor of Chicago is is fighting with them on it. Um, I like this story in the New York Times as as um, and again, but I, I want to be really clear. It, it's all nonsense. As a matter of fact, Bob Walsh, who will not be called on this in any media interview you see, does. It's almost like he put out an old tweet. He actually mentions contract tracing. Now, right now at 1218 on this Monday, is there anyone contract tracing? No one even does that anymore. Do you remember Governor Raimondo said everyone had to keep their, their notebook for contract tracing, who you came in touch with? No one's doing that anymore because it's, it's spreading too much. Walsh actually mentions, well, you know, the schools, we have to shut them down. We have to go remote, blah, blah, blah. They don't care. The last thing they do is care about children. I'll say that. But New York Times, as more teachers unions push for remote schooling, parents worry. So do Democrats. Now, what's sad in Rhode Island, at right now at 1219 on this Monday, as you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM, or you can listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Is there anyone that actually thinks that Governor McKee is going to push back on this? What? There's a primary coming up in, ready? February 1, March 2, April 3, May 4, June 5, July 6, August 7. There's a primary in eight months. You think he's going to push back on the teachers' unions? No way, no how. But back to the story. Chicago teachers have voted to go remote. Other unions are agitating for change. For Democrats who promise to keep schools open, tensions are a distinctly unwelcome development. And so you have these people. Few American cities have labor politics as fraught as Chicago, where the nation's third largest school system shut down this week. Teachers union members refused to work in person arguing classrooms were unsafe amid the Omicron surge. But in a number of other places, the tenuous labor peace that has allowed most schools to operate normally is in danger of collapsing. While not yet threatening to walk off the job, unions are back at the negotiating table, pushing in some cases for a return to remote learning. They frequently cite understaffing because of illness, shortage of rapid tests, medical grade mass. Some teachers... In rear guard action, have stayed sick outs. How about that? In Milwaukee, schools are remote until January 18th because of staffing issues. But the teachers union president doubts the situation will significantly improve. Worries the school board will resist extending online classes. Oh, it'll be a fight, they said. She credited the district for at least delaying in-person schooling to start the year, but criticized Democrat officials for placing unrealistic pressure on teachers and schools. I think Joe Biden, Miguel Cardona, and the newly elected mayor of New York City, and Lori Lightfoot, who's the mayor of Chicago, they can all declare schools will be open, said the head of the union. But unless they have hundreds of thousands of people step in for educators who are sick, they won't be. For many parents and teachers, the pandemic has become a slog of anxiety over the risk of infection, childcare crisis, tedium of school through a screen, and most of all, chronic instability. 
And for Democrats, the revival of tensions over remote schooling is an unwelcome development. Because they have close ties to the unions, or in the case of Rhode Island, owned and run by the unions, meaning Democrats, are concerned additional closures like those in Chicago and Rhode Island could lead to a possible replay of the party's recent loss in Virginia's governor's race. Polling showed school disruptions were an important issue for swing voters who broke Republican, particularly suburban white women. It's a big deal in most states. Polling we do, said a partner at a polling firm. Anyone that thinks this is a political problem that stops at the Chicago city line is kidding themselves. This is going to resonate all across Illinois, all across the country. More than one million of the country's 50 million public school students were affected by district-wide shutdowns in the first week of January. Many were announced abruptly, triggered a weight of frustration among parents. The kids are not the ones seriously ill by and large, but we know kids are the ones suffering from remote learning. Several non-union charter school networks districts temporarily transition remote learning after the holidays. But as has been true throughout the pandemic, most of the temporary district-wide closures, including Detroit, Cleveland, Milwaukee, are taking place in liberal-leaning areas with powerful unions and a more cautious approach to the virus. The union demands echo the ones they made for nearly two years, despite all that has changed. There are now vaccines and the reassuring knowledge in-school transmission has been limited. Omicron variant, highly contagious, appears to have less severe illness than previous iterations of COVID-19. Most district leaders, many educators say it's imperative for schools to remain open. They cite a large body of research showing closures harm children academically, emotionally, Wide income, racial disparities, but some local union officials are far wearier of packed classrooms. In Newark, schools began the new year. Unexpected stretch of remote learning set to end January 18th. Head of the Newark Teachers Union, uh, union said he was hopeful about the return to buildings. Remained unsure if every school could operate safely. Um, I'd see the entire city of Newark unemployed before I allow one single teacher's aide to die needlessly. But that's not happening. In Los Angeles, the district has worked closely with the union. Keep classrooms open after one of the longest pandemic shutdowns in the country last school year. Vaccination rate for students 12 and older is 90%. With a student vaccine mandate set to kick in in this fall, all students and staff are tested for the virus weekly. Still, the president of the local union would not rule out pushing for district-wide return to remote learning. (laughs) You know, I want to be honest. I don't know. Tensions are not limited to liberal states. In Kentucky, teachers unions have said they need the flexibility to go remote. Uh, But the Republican-controlled state legislative grant no more than 10 days for anything like that. Unions, they worry it may be inadequate. Frustrations building on teachers. I hate to say we'd walk out, but it's possible. Oh, national teachers unions continue to call for classrooms to remain open. 
but local affiliates hold the most power in negotiations over whether individual districts will close schools. Over the last decade, some locals, including those in L.A. and Chicago, taken over by activist leaders whose tactics can be more aggressive than those of the national leaders like Randy Weingarten, AFT, and Becky Pringle of NEA, both close allies of President Biden. Complicating matters, some local unions face internal pressure from their own members. In San Francisco and the Bay Area, split to groups of teachers, both Oakland and San Francisco, have planned sick outs and demand N95 masks, more virus testing, and other safety measures. Rory Apanathy, middle school teacher in San Francisco, organized a sick out there on Thursday. She said the Chicago action had prompted some teachers to ask, why isn't our union doing this? See? In Chicago and San Francisco, working class parents of color disproportionately send their children to the public schools. And they've often supported strict safety measures. In New York, the nation's largest school district, schools are operating in person with increased virus testing, with limited dissent from teachers. But the politics becomes more complicated in suburbs where union leaders find themselves at odds with public officials at pains to preserve in-person schooling. In Fairfax County, Virginia's largest district, superintendent has a plan for switching individual schools to remote learning in the event of many absent teachers. President of local education association said a union may want stricter measures. But a Democrat state delegate whose swing district include Fairfax County said there was little support among his constituents for return to online education. A, a Democrat state rep in Wisconsin with schools went remote this week, said Republicans have targeted her seat. And she expected schools to be a line of attack. Everyone I know wants schools to stay open. But now there's a lot of talk how teachers unions don't want schools to stay open. It's really amazing, folks. Then you have people like, a lot of people, Biden, Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago had said schools should be open. If they're not able to prevent schools from closing to close, choosing to close, that shows a weakness on their part. Labor officials say many of the critics are acting in bad faith, exploiting parents' pandemic-related frustrations. Now, here in Rhode Island, Bob Walsh, union negotiator, is saying he wants all Rhode Island schools to go distance learning until the week after, the, excuse me, the day after Um, Martin Luther King because a lot of the teachers already have um, long weekends planned out of town ideally to go to Florida so they want that to continue but what about the parents what about the children folks this portion of the John DePietro show it's brought to you by RE it's Coogan Heating call them today 401 732 6562 Right now, now listen, it's going to be cold over the next two days. Very cold, as a matter of fact. So what do you do about that? I mean, I'm looking. Tomorrow, the low is going to be 9. And Wednesday, the low is going to be 9. And then it starts to bounce up again and then becomes a little more comfortable. Except Saturday is going to be cold. So if you're having a problem with your heating system, call Coogan Heating, 401 732 6562 401-732-6562. Plumbing, heating, and cooling. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. 
Call Coogie. Now, also, you can find them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. Call them, Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, 401-732-6562. I want to play, I want you to listen to, this is the Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot. And what's interesting is a lot of people are agreeing with her. And a lot of people are saying, you know, I can't believe this, but I agree with Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Hey, folks, also, I'd be remiss. um, Condolences go out to uh, the family of Billy Blackjack DeSanto. He has passed away at age 78. So, all right, I want to, um, this is the mayor of Chicago, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. I'm going to play, uh, it's a shortcut. Uh, what the t- Chicago Teachers Union did was an illegal walkout. They abandoned their posts and they abandoned kids and their families. And if- Think of that. It's an illegal walkout. That's what Walsh is about to do. And the fact of the matter is there's, there's no one that is standing up to them. Um, I want to play, um, Meet the Press had a good piece about what this means for Biden right now. And I would argue this is the same for Governor McKee. Major health and political problems. Here we go. Right now, COVID is a major health and political problem. A combination of new variants like Delta and Omicron and stubborn vaccine refusal among millions has led to an all-time high in cases. The seven-day average of confirmed cases has just blown past previous records, and that doesn't even begin to account for people who don't report results of at-home tests or who are asymptomatic. Hospitalizations are spiking as well. But the death rate so far has ticked up much more slowly, owing in part to what appears to be a less severe illness that is caused by Omicron. The public is in a different place, though, than it was a year ago. And the Biden administration is desperately trying to catch up. The CDC has offered confusing and at sometimes contradictory advice. The Supreme Court seems skeptical about the best tool in Biden's toolbox, the vaccine mandates. And stay-at-home guidelines and school closures have given us a feeling of a recurring nightmare. All of it adds up to a big political problem for the president who pledged to restore confidence in the government's ability to competently handle this crisis. The new normal is not going to be what it is now. It's going to be better. President Biden elected promising to shut down the virus. The first step I will take to get control of the virus now faces an unprecedented surge. The largest influx of patients that we've ever taken care of. Nearly one in four hospitals report a critical staffing shortage. At the Luminous Health Doctors Community Medical Center in Maryland, COVID cases are up 925% since Thanksgiving. 70% of the patients are unvaccinated. It's very tough. A lot of times you just have to take a break, you cry, and you come back. And you do it all over again. As Omicron spreads, it's already crippling schools, including in Chicago, where schools were canceled this week over an ongoing conflict with the teachers union. I want my students to learn, I want my children to learn, but I also want us to stay safe. We will not pay you to abandon your post and your children at a time when they and their families need us most. Nationwide, flights have been canceled. How are you feeling? Angry. Because <laughs> I was supposed to be home yesterday. Mass transit disrupted. In Los Angeles, so many ambulance crews are out sick. Some COVID patients have been brought to the hospital by fire truck. Now, folks, the thing is, and again, that was um, yesterday in Meet the Press. I also want to play, this was, and again, good afternoon at 1233. This is CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky refutes Justice Sotomayor 
statement that over 100,000 children hospitalized due to COVID, quote, many on ventilators, complete lie. Let's listen. This is on Fox News Sunday. About the U.S. Supreme Court currently deciding the fate of the president's vaccine mandates. In the questioning, Justice Sonia Sotomayor made this statement. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Now, we can find from Friday suggests there are fewer than 3,500 current pediatric hospitalizations from COVID-19. Is that true? Yeah, but, you know, here's what I can tell you about our pediatric hospitalizations now. First of all, the vast majority of children who are in the hospital are unvaccinated. And for those children who are not eligible for vaccination, we do know that they are most likely to get sick with COVID if their family members aren't vaccinated. So the most important thing we can do for those children to keep them out of the hospital is to vaccinate them and to vaccinate their family members around them. Understood, but the number is not 100,000. It's roughly 3,500 in hospitals now. Yes, there are, there are. And in fact, what I will say is, while pediatric hospitalizations are rising, they're still about 15-fold less than hospitalizations of our older age, age demographic. I mean, think, think of that. <clears throat> How irresponsible for a member of the Supreme Court. And again, folks, good afternoon at 1235. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program is brought to you by Propane Plus. Propane Plus. It's 1235. It's Monday. It is January 10th. And Propane Plus, they want to be your propane supplier. In Rhode Island, call them 401-885-4209. Propane Plus in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. Propane Plus, the team, three generations available 24-7 service and delivery needs plan to keep serving you for a long time. They offer online billing, ability to schedule your service, delivery at the click of a button. All customers receive a free safety inspection of their equipment. And remember, with Propane Plus and Propane, Propane is energy for everyone. Affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, lowest carbon fuel, and now renewable. Propane Plus. Call Propane Plus in Rhode Island. At 401-885-4209, 401-885-4209, in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. Folks, as always, visit the website, depetro.com. Brought to you by Brood Awakenings. Stop in and see them. Discover the brood difference. Cozy environment, fresh ingredients. Brood Awakenings, two locations in Johnston. Also, Providence at 100 Westminster. Also, in Cranston. Right there on Pontiac Ave, right near uh, one third, right near Route Thirty Seven, and then not far from Garden City, and then you have Brood Awakenings on Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Stop in and see them. Everything fresh. They do such a a great job, and they keep you nice and warm during this cold weather, folks. Also, another reminder: tonight is National Collegiate Championship game. It'll be Alabama taking on Georgia. And all the action. You can catch all the action. And then next Saturday night, Patriots, Bills in the playoffs. See all the action at End Zone Sports Pub, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll tell you, Dana runs such a great place. It's always a great crowd. They're waiting for you. 
Mountain Zone Sports Pub. Pop in. Try it. 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. So on a, on a national front, um, this whole thing has, has really just exploded. Close to the home, folks, it's, it's really amazing when, when you think about it. But that is, and I've been posting this on both Twitter and Facebook, but R- Rhode Island is number one. Number one in the country. Balls for twenty. Enough. Stop having him on. Stop having him on and treating him like an educator. But but folks, a big part of it is they're afraid of him. They're intimidated by him, right? There's no other explanation. But I want to see what how Governor McKee, I should say, is going to respond to that. Because right now, you have the head of the teachers union in Rhode Island um, calling for distance learning. So let's see if any, you know, actually, it's not even just, (laughs) I like this, looking forward to Twitter suspending Justice Sonia Sotomayor. For spreading false COVID information, which, you know, that's exactly what she did. Um, she, she was. She was spreading false information about COVID. But I want to see if, in fact, there's pushback from um, anyone running for governor. About this, that's going to be the real test, because I—I I mean, I think I already know the answer, but I still would like to—I'd still like to see it. Um, if if Bob Walsh, NEA Rhode Island, and Corey DeAngelis is exactly right, defund teachers unions. This this is becoming ridiculous. Distance learning—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a work stoppage. No one's learning. No one is learning. It's, it's basically you're closing the schools. That's what's happening. Um, this guy can screw. What a loser. So, Michael D'Souza Cruz. Anyone that disagrees, he says you're a fascist. Fascists are upset with labor unions. They hate labor unions. Oh, my God. These people. The, the schools should remain open. But, folks, is, here's the thing. Is Governor McKee... Is Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, is he going to fight for students? Is he going to fight for parents? Now, right now, it's 1244, 1244 on this Monday, January 10th. And you're listening to the John DePietro Show. I'll say this. No, he is not. No, he is not. It would be nice if he would, but I'd be very surprised. He's not going to fight the teachers unions. They're afraid of them. They're absolutely afraid of them. They run the Democrat Party in Rhode Island. And they're also very powerful in Massachusetts. 
Folks, 1245, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, were you in an accident over the weekend? You were in an accident? Good. Call Well, not good, but I mean call West Fountain, 401-272-3340. 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence, the original, the best. Call Kenny Salvatore and Patricia. They're going to work for you not the insurance company. Call West Fountain Auto Body. Did someone damage your vehicle? Could be a small dent or nearly total vehicle. They will repair your vehicle and put it in showroom-like condition. Call West Fountain Auto Body today. 401-272-3340 for West Fountain Auto Body. Folks, good afternoon. Right now, it's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380. And 99.9 FM, you can always listen online at our website, depetro.com. Don't forget, depetro.com, our website, award-winning website, by the way, is brought to you by the Centerdale Revival Comfort Food Cocktails. Stop in and see them, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. You can depend, and you're going to enjoy the Centerdale Revival. Um. They have just, it's such a great place, and you're going to love it at Centennial Revival. Stop in and see them. So, folks, but this is, um, there's a lot going on in the world right now. I want to get some more sound. Uh, Right now, the Biden administration, they're doing anything. See, they're trying to do anything from to distract from just how bad they have screwed up the whole situation with covid and as a result of that, you know, look, look what's look what's happened. Um, you, you have the situation where, you know, they, they already celebrate. They already did the whole big thing on January 6th. They have nothing else than January 6th. But I also want to touch on something else. And I'll have to have Terry Gorman on tomorrow. But Jake Tapper of CNN. So. The new mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, he was on CNN, and he's going to allow 800,000 illegals to start voting in local elections in New York City. Now, I am obviously against that, but even Jake Tapper is saying that it doesn't make any sense why you're going to allow illegals to be voting in elections. And folks, the bad news is, is this is going to be coming to Rhode Island. But let's hear, this is how it sounded on CNN. A law passed last month in New York City, which will allow roughly 800,000 legal non-citizens to vote in local elections, provided that they've lived in New York for at least 30 days. You previously called the bill problematic and expressed concern about giving a right to vote to non-citizens who have only been here for a short amount of time. I think there are a lot of Americans watching right now who might share your concerns and, and also have more broadly questions about the idea of people who have not taken a citizenship test, prepared for that test by learning about the U.S., who haven't sworn an oath to the country, getting to vote. Why did you change your mind and why is it acceptable for non-citizens to vote in an American election? No, I did not change my mind. I supported the concept of the bill. The one aspect of that I had a problem with and I thought was problematic was the 30-day part of being in the country for 30 days. 
was the place that I had questions. I sat down with my colleagues. I'm a big believer in uh, conversation. We have to start talking to each other and not at each other. And after hearing their rationale and their theories behind it, uh, I thought it was more important to not veto the bill or get in the way at all and allow the bill to move forward. In New York City, just Brooklyn, for example, 47% of Brooklynites speak a language other than English at home when I was a borough president. And so I think it's imperative that people who are in a local municipality have the right to decide who's going to govern them. And I support the overall concept of that bill. Doesn't the bill just make a mockery of the idea of American citizenship, though? I mean, this is just for local elections, but... Does that mean, like, next uh, New York City is going to want non-citizens to vote in federal elections? Of course. I mean, it, and what do you say to all the people who went through the process, right. the difficult process of becoming an this American citizen, CNN. studying for the test, swearing an oath of allegiance to the United States of America, who, who now see this legislation just saying, well, anyone who's here, go ahead and vote. Uh, well, I, I tell to, I say to them, keep doing it. Uh, you know, membership has its privileges. Uh, being a member of what we call the United States of America is a great privilege, and I, I would tell them, keep doing it. Be encouraged. For what? Uh, this is a great opportunity. Why to would they do this that? Great country. Uh, don't let anything daunt you or take you away from that mission. Uh, this legislation is not going. No, to- no one's going to do that. Why? What is he talking about? Why would anyone do that? This is interesting, folks. Suspected Antifa activist busted with pipe bomb. Direct action plan in a January 6th rally. Very interesting. So, so in other words, this may be the person that planted those pipe bombs that they still haven't found who, who is that, that did that. <clears throat> near the Capitol. Let me just read this story. Suspected Antifa activist busted with pipe bombs. A Florida man suspected of being affiliated with Antifa was busted near a January 6th anniversary rally in Florida carrying a homemade pipe bomb, detailed plan of direct action. Garrett James Smith, 22 years old, as a local congressman joined 80 others at a rally supporting members of the Oath Keepers being held on the Capitol riot um, charges. Officers Chase Smith, who stuck out, dressed in all black, ski mask, suddenly sprinted away from the rally. Where did that happen? Pinellas County Jail. Officers then found a homemade pipe bomb in his backpack. Had the potential to be very harmful. Could have been destructive. Could have hurt a lot of people. Um, Officers also found a a handwritten direct action checklist detailing the armory needed, such as a gas mask, duct tape, flammable rags. He had a black helmet decorated with three red arrows in a circle. And that's the iron front logo widely used by Antifa. Suspect had, until several months ago, been based in Portland. A surge of his nearby home where he lives with his parents found another pipe bomb along with hand grenade-style explosives, nails, and duct tape. But officers aided by the FBI could not find any social media history for the 22-year-old. Also, no criminal record. So he has a handwritten direct action. Um, Let's see. Block, long-sleeve T-shirt. 
uh, cargo pants, shoes or boots, heat-proof gloves, socks, uh, helmet, goggles, uh, armor, tips, no logos. This was someone who was planning to light off some bombs. Gas mask, duct tape, flammable, described as Antifa anti-government extreme. He's what they call a sleeper, the most concerning. There's no opportunities to intervene and thwart the criminal activity. There's nothing out there. Very unusual. He had no presence at all on social media. He refused to give any information. He refused to talk to deputies. Deputies really have no idea what his political leanings are. He was described as Antifa, Antifa anti-government extreme. Uh, Stuck outs, dressed in all in black, including a ski mask. Florida rep Anthony Sabatini, who spoke at the rally, described Smith as a leftist terrorist, stopped moments after I spoke. Maintained the suspect was decked out, prepared to set off the bomb for something stopped him from doing it. He was all dressed, had his device, his plan. How was he going to do it? I have no idea. Charged of making, possessing a destructive device. Loitering, he's still in bail, uh, jail on a bond of 300,000. The rally had been supportive of Jeremy Brown, member of the Oath Keepers, former Special Forces troop who was pictured tactical gear at the Capitol last January 6th. Federal agents searched Brown's home, found a sawed off shotgun, short barrel rifle, hand grenades, 8,000 rounds of ammunition. Sports insists he's not a insists he's a political prisoner. Well, this is um, very interesting, folks. As people like, see, this is just sick. Infant found alive, crying in garbage bag. 18-year-old mother tosses newborn baby in a dumpster. I, I mean, that evil on earth. Who does that? There's safe places that you could take a little child. There's so many people that would love to adopt a dumpster in Hobbs, New Mexico. Huh. Six hours later, the footage shows three people looking through the dumpster found the infant inside. Newport, in, newborn was alive. Six hours later, stable conditioning. Cops have charged 18-year-old Alexis Avila. Attempted murder, felony abandonment. She has confessed. Ah. God. Shocking footage shows her tossing the baby. Oh, I don't even like to look at this. Into the trash and then just driving away. Something wasn't right. I saw the officer's face. It did not look right. The owner of who had the security cameras, was he, he was asked by police to review video. I said, what are we looking for? Looking at someone who would dump a black garbage bag in your dumpster. I turned around. Please don't tell me it was a baby. Footage shows a woman, cops believe her, driving to the parking lot, white sedan, black garbage bag. Ah. <clears throat> More footage shows the moment the child was rescued. People heard the baby crying, thank God. Wow. Folks, what is wrong with these people? There is evil on earth. It just is. There's the photo of the woman tossing it like trash. 18 years old. 
All right, let me reset here before we all get depressed here. Um, yep. Um, this is pathetic that that basically that Bob Walsh, the union head, is going to be given a free, uh, friendly podium to advocate that teachers must go and students must go and shut down the schools. Listen, it's wrong. It's totally wrong. And whether it's the Biden administration, whoever, folks, they announced that they were going to keep the schools open. They absolutely have an obligation to keep those children in school. Distance learning is not working. Now, right now, it's 1258. Folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, we go until uh, till 2 o'clock. I'll also give you the latest now on poor little Olivia, who, as you know now, it was Friday night was the one-week anniversary, and that was nice how her entire town came to rally in support of her, show support. Um, but make no mistake about it. We, we are under attack. We're under attack. And as Justin Katz and I described last hour in our segment Politics This Week, what we have are basically left-leaning judges, um, politicians, legislators that all they all lean left so that's why you get a lot of suspended sentences and let them go keep in mind the progressives they want to open the prisons they want to close the ACI they want to close the Wyatt Detention Center they'd love to close Walpole this is like how how nuts these people are if it was up to someone like Senator Tierra Mack State Senator Tierra Mack the man that filth that killed poor little Maya, he'd be free. They don't believe anyone gets locked up. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news, the power hours. WNRI, Winsocket. WNRI. 